Welcome, everybody, to the Enlightened Mike podcast. My name is Tim. I'm joined by my somewhat regular, actually mostly irregular co-host, Carl, and, of course, a returning guest and Team Galaxy Bring member, Archer. Welcome, guys. How are you two doing? Yeah, doing good. Thanks, Tim. Yeah. Yeah. Carl's just... Be here. We just caught Carl in between band practice uh, and gigging. Uh, he's a he's an avid guitar player, you see. Uh, well, Archer, yeah, I'm. You know, I'm glad that you, I'm glad I was able to snag you. You just got back from from somewhere in Europe. Where uh, wh- where were you this uh, past uh, weekend? Yeah, so I went to Lille to play in the Pro Tour. Oh, to play in the Pro um, Tour. Is there anything else in Lille no, yeah, doing, or surprise. or is it just the Pro Tour? <laughs> um, yeah, so I played in the Pro Tour. Did really well. Um, I got 24th, which I'm blown away by. Still kind of. Uh, Really, really high off my points. Um, yeah, um, and I did really well in draft. I went 5-1 in draft, and I was really proud because it's the first time I've ever like done a draft format in a game before. So mm-hmm. like this was my first time learning those mechanics, and I did really right. well. Right, and so how... Like, I'm actually curious about that, um, and not to... And I'd love to hear Carl's thoughts on it, too, because Carl's... Uh, uh, what are you... Like, I, you fell out of where you were. What are you, like, t- 54 or something on the ELO boards or something? Um, was 30 third and now i'm 52nd so i'm yeah. two away from the world's invite man but, feels bad you can always fly to uh what's it like cleveland or since what is it cincinnati where's us nats this year in charlotte oh charlotte i knew it was a c city but yeah so wow. carl's very good at draft obviously uh and so and archer you're good at draft too clearly 500 approach or like i think i think that where like a lot of like that is that is how you set yourself up for success to like to put yourself into a position to make top eight right is you you crush the draft um and obviously you're very good at cc as well so i know that you came from netrunner which is just a constructed uh a game and it's more of a living card game so they don't have packs, packs that you can draft um so coming into it as a player who has never done the draft thing before like i played magic previously so i've done a ton of drafts i played you know, star wars back in the day etc etc so i was kind of familiar with the concepts um not that i'm necessarily very good at it but how was it for you coming in and how did you kind of pick up those skills so it's been a lot um but i have done a lot of research to try to like bring me up to speed i think one thing that's nice is that like uprising draft is really straightforward like you can't really play this game of like pivoting and wavering too much you kind of just have to like pick something and go with it um and then hope you picked right uh it's you have to like pick within the first five picks um you decide where you're gonna go because there's not enough cards draftable mm-hmm. to have enough flexibility so i didn't have to learn all those skills the point i'm trying to make um so you didn't learn you didn't I have to learn about like p- a massive pivot on on pack three or something yeah exactly yeah that posed a challenge for me in in draft and uprising specifically because i've done a lot of tails draft and similar to tim i have a big drafting background just over the last 20 years or so and all of the drafts you know, can pivot several picks in but uprising it feels like you pick real early and then you have to commit yeah. go with what you i feel the same way i've done i've only done two or three drafts honestly like i was gonna draft a lot more in them schedules and having a kid and stuff but um i i've done yeah i've done three or four drafts and that's how i felt too is like i f- i feel like i got rewarded for for just like picking up like picking the best card in the first pack and then picking the best card in the second pack and then just kind of going down a lane and not thinking too hard about it 
But like that was early in the format. So um, like both of you, I, I'm, what I'm getting is both of you feel the same way about like you, there's less room for pivoting. But what are you looking for in those first few packs? Um, uh, what are you looking for in those first few packs that that tells you which direction to go? And then so let's say you take a pick first pack and then, you know, second through fifth pack, uh, some other cards come up. So you get some other signals from around the table. Um, what are you looking for that tells you which direction to go and what road to go down? I want to start, Carl. Do you have an opinion on this? Uh, for me, uh, and uh, Archer, I think you probably drafted this set more than I have at this point. So I, I want to hear <laughs> what you have to do too. But uh, I, I remember in the lead up into Pro Tour, you were jamming every single draft that you could find, right? To not just the research, like you mentioned, but you put in a lot of effort to, to get there. But for me, for the for the early picks, it's it's a little bit like you said, Tim, identifying the, the most powerful card in the pack, um, and then you know picking the next powerful, like you said, and then uh, you, you kind of have to pick a lane based on those two powerful cards. So you know, a, a well timed uh, Aether Ice Vein Red, for example, for Icelander can can change the swing of the game, right? Mm-hmm. Get you tempo gets you back in the game that's that's just an example there it's not it's not quite the formats before like like in magic where you always pick the bomb right you pick the bomb and then removal i think we even had an acronym for it like bread or something right bombs removal Removal. evasion i don't remember what the Mm -hmm. a stands for probably like attack or something like that or aggro or something bombs removal evasion aggro and that's it uh and then oh dredge or dreg dreg like so like chaff Right. Yeah. Right. Which is so, still kind of relevant. It is somewhat, but it's not. It's, you know, it's you look not at directly Ch- translatable. But uh, you look at Aether Ice Fang Red, and you don't say, "Oh, this is just such a bomb card; it's going to win me the game," like like it would in other card games. This is this is a, just powerful above rate and what I need to be doing in the deck. And mm-hmm. you know, those are the picks. So, so that, that's that's uh, my opinion. And then it's an early commit into whatever those high rate cards are. So, and Archer, what what are your thoughts on it? Um. Tim, were you trying to ask like what signals you try to like? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. that's and like I'm sure like we probably don't have to go super deep into like what signaling is and like specific signals and stuff, but like because I, I know that that's a widely discussed topic in in Uprising. But like, how did like how did you as a player who's completely new to just drafting, um, but who's still very good at flesh and blood, right? Like how how did you approach? Um, like picking a lane, uh, utilizing those those signals that are passed to you. Um, so by my strategy, for the, I'll just talk a little bit yeah, about my strategy sure. for the the drafts um, two weekends ago, last weekend. How recent was it? Uh, um, it feels like last week. Feels like yesterday. So I don't know. <laughs> so I I like Icelander and Fi. Um, I don't not very good at drafting Dromai, and she's harder to play. Um, so usually I'll look for cards like Sasha Sankai in the beginning. Um, I'll look for, uh, other Spellfire cloaks. I like to go for those like really, um, useful equipment pieces, mm-hmm. quelling slippers. Those are like my, my target picks. Um, the first, uh, and then I just, yeah, I'll pick Reddit ice veins. I'll pick like zero for threes, um, five cards and I'll just like take and then and those are the cards I'm looking for to see in the packs that are getting passed to me. Um, it's things like Blue Aether Hail. It's things like uh, Red Ice Veins. It's um, the Zero for Three Starters in Phi. The Blaze Headlongs for Five. The um, the One for Four is really good too. And then also like the, maybe I overvalue them, but if, what if I'm seeing like Blue Lava Vein Loyalties, like the Block Threes, Blues, I'm like, ooh, Phi is open because I like grab those up. Yeah. <laughs> 
That is, a, um, but then that's and Jeremiah, I have no idea. Early in the draft format, is we were like looking at something, and he was like, "Oh, Blue Sift is really good," and I, like I don't know, I, <laughs> which it's like turns out it's it's not, but like the point the point is that. Um, and I mean, it's like, it's fine, right? Because it's a blue that blocks three. And his point was like, blue block threes are really good. And like, I think in the, just contextually, like that was kind of a shitty pack uh, that we were looking at. I have to go back and look now because maybe there was a bomb in there that we just like didn't realize at the time. But um, but yeah, blue block threes. And especially because it like just occasionally can like make your chain wider is like totally, totally awesome. Um, so, uh, so to sum all that up, um it sounds like you're looking at um like a lot of people have said oh look what's missing from the pack but it kind of looks like you're just looking at what is coming to you and if you see like really good phi cards coming to you uh you'll say okay like phi is open this way so i'm gonna yeah it's not even really like really good cards it's like those staple cards because those are like um those are like your not quite your first couple picks but those are like your your picks after um a few so if i see those in the like the the two through the five range right that's when i'm like getting the signals that those are not being taken because you don't have any you can't afford generics go draft really late in this set because you can't really afford to stay open for too long yeah um just drafting generics is there are there any generics that you think you would take uh, early on? Uh, red scar for scar. Mm, sure. Um, the the poppers. Uh, though I'm like weirdly oh, adverse yeah. to picking poppers for some reason. Um, what other generic is there? Uh, I, the healing. Oh, he, healing. Um, healing. Self. I like red healing bomb because I'm cheeky like that. Yeah, I've actually um, like I think that card's actually like just fine right just because um especially like in a fine year it it blocks in a pinch and also like if you just like on your turn like finish the chain or like close the combat chain and play a healing salve it can be really good um and then you go first and you just high roll your opponent yeah exactly (laughs) exactly right um there any final comments about just like in general the draft format and drafting the set and then tell us about (laughs) Um, yeah, I don't mind this draft format as much as like a lot of the kind of talking head types. I guess we're now talking head types. Um, uh, I guess we are. And to bemoan the, the pro player, quote unquote, who's like, ah, I don't, I can't just, I don't know, always win. <laughs> I don't, um, you gotta get lucky in the games too, right? Cause everyone's really good at mechanically playing the game. So you just have to get lucky. I don't know. get lucky in the draft or I don't know. Some people, maybe I just don't appreciate it. Like, like being able to be so confident in your ability in draft. Um, but I don't think the set is too bad, but again, my firm reference is horrible for this. Um, well, fair enough. First one. I mean, it's like, there's, uh, there's, there's the concept that there's like the big end. Sorry. I'll let you go in a second, Carl. There's the concept though of like a beginner's mind, right? So, this um it's like this buddhist concept it's like uh, uh, in the mind of an expert there's few possibilities but in the beginner's mind the possibilities are endless so it's i I wouldn't undersell the or i wouldn't oversell the the fact that you're a a beginner at drafting because you're very good at flesh and blood and you kind of know like the mechanics really well so i think that translates really well and then you don't have any preconceived notions going into into the draft format Uh, what were you going to say carl Oh yeah, I was going to add in on that. That uh, you know, Eli, another guy on the team, and I have talked about that a lot. How mm-hmm. you know the most difficult opponent for a master swordsman is a beginner swordsman because he has no idea what the heck the guy's going to do, right? So it's it's a lot a lot different. That kind of leads in there. I, I was going to say that I personally uh, dislike the uprising draft uh, mm-hmm. format because 
you're not left with a lot of options before you have to commit. And it doesn't, it doesn't feel like other drafts previously. And I don't think I enjoy that early commit as much. It feels like it's limiting my choice. And then it comes down to card evaluation within the pack and the choice that you've made. And that that's all skills that you can research and, and be taught. You know, it's, feels like it's really easy to force a seat, which means like you sit down and before you open your first pack, you know, you're drafting phi. And that happens a lot in drafts. And, and usually when that happens in a format where signals can be read and, mm-hmm. you know, you pivots later in the draft pod, it, it makes it um, much more difficult to force a seat because then as soon as your opponents around, you know, they're going to, they're going to hate the, you know, the best cards out of, out of your pool. So, sure. so anyway, that's, that's my opinion on the uprising draft. Um, just as a whole, I, I personally really enjoyed uh, Tails draft, even when Briar was uh, was a little busted. Well, do you think uh, do you think that the um, do you think that the Uprising draft meta has evolved? Because I think that like from what I saw like in the very beginning, it was like yeah, obviously like force fi, just like get all the good fi cards, and you will. It's like really easy to two one or whatever. But then there were a lot of people who were like. But who, who were really into Dromai, they're like, it's hard to draft, but like if it's open, it's insane. And then I, I've also heard a lot of people who are like Archer, I know, really likes drafting Icelander. Um, and I like drafting Icelander too. I think she's a fun hero and I think she does powerful stuff. Um, and so there is, it does kind of feel like a rock, paper, scissors, even though Phi is like, like technically the easiest to make a, a, a functional deck out of, right? Like, do you feel like the meta has evolved in such a way that like, Everybody was jamming Phi, but then the people that were winning the drafts were like Icelanders because nobody was drafting her. And then everyone was drafting Icelanders, so like maybe there's a little bit more Phi and Dromai. Like, how do you feel like that dynamic played out over the last you know couple months since Uprising released? Uh, I absolutely, yeah, I think that it evolved. Uh, same same way Tails did at first. Tails, everyone was like Briar, 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 and then uh, the Oldums started to get figured out, and Oldum one of the better picks right uh, early on. So uh, especially because everybody else was focusing on, on trying to get Briar or Lexi going. And then that left one or two Oldens at the table to make some, some really powerful decks. And, and I think the same thing has happened about rising. I mean, if you ask me why I'd say it's because I'm not going to say that five is easier to play. It's just that it's, I think it's easier to, to evaluate cards yeah. where a blue or hail doesn't seem on its own to be a, a valuable card, but when you can do it on your opponent's turn and, you know, push out a total of five damage for, for one blue, that's, it's pretty solid. So, so anyway, I, I think, yeah, it, it absolutely is you know changing as, as time has gone on here and people start to figure out how to play the, the other heroes. Yeah. Um, okay. So did we ever actually, did we actually get into what did you draft in the two drafts? All right. So, so I drafted uh, first day Icelander. That was my three O draft. Felt really good uh, starting off three O. Um, it was I was two one of two Icelanders at the table. Um, got the mirror, got Dromai, and got Fi. I think I, I got all all the matchups. Did really well. Um, the mirror was really interesting. Uh, I went. Um, we both had cloak, so it was like we both had AB. Um, but uh, I went, I run the won the die roll and went second because my reasoning was um, I can utilize Helios Miter the most effectively the um, going second mm. uh, when it's free, and I have a lot of blues in my deck to do that, so I can minimize damage taken, uh, and then it's just a race from there. Yeah. And so then you want to start you want to start damaging on your turn earlier uh, in the mirror. Right on. And it worked. Um, but and I talked to some other really good players and they they, they disagreed with me. But eh. well, 
Well, I mean, disagree or not, it looks like the results were made. Did and send and then what did you what did you face after that? Just two fives. Uh, I think it was like Jeremiah Fi. I don't know. Oh, okay. I can look up um somewhere, but I don't have it near me. Okay. Well that's kinda cool that you faced all all three heroes. Um and then uh anything anything particularly interesting about that draft or or like any any weird stuff that happened, or did you kind of just dive in and, and stick to Icelander the whole time? It was my first time doing like um um uh non uh paper wrappings packs like they were pulled out yeah. verified and they pulled the double faced cards out and replaced them with um check mark cards um indicated what dragon it was um so that whole process was a lot more um formalized than i was like expecting because i had never done an event like this yeah was like uh, stamped, but that was right? just cool for me was i think everyone just, else was that day two or hmm? what 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 they were all stamped too right yeah oh right on yeah verified yeah that's pretty cool um cool okay so so 3 uh in in day one in the draft drafting icelander um cleaned house uh across all the, all three heroes uh and then going into classic constructed uh what hero were you playing uh i drafted Phi because i um pack one picked one to flame scale furnace um i mean that's the second <laughs> that's the second draft i said classic constructed but yeah we could talk about oh you did i'm sorry i'm sorry yeah. i misheard entirely um cc you must uh, be jet lagged or something uh yeah no, right let's, well let's, um, let's talk about five so you, you drafted a you pack one picked one to uh, a flame scale furnace yeah uh, i really jumped ahead there yeah, um okay. it's kind of like it's a blessing and a curse right because it's a really good card um but it also forces you into five or at least you feel like you need to play five yeah um, so i was one of four fives at that pod um and my deck was like Probably not very good. And I got paired against Icelander round one mm. and I cried because my flame scale does nothing. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, I lost that. He just had all the tempo, all the ice fans. Um, and then I played um, two five mirrors and I won both those. Flame um, scale seems real good in the five mirror. It's really good. It's really good in general. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, okay, cool. So, so yeah, you did five one in draft again, like huge, huge accomplishment. Even if you just like completely scrubbed in CC, like five one at a pro tour, super awesome. Um, okay. So speaking of scrubbing in CC, you didn't scrub in CC, but like you did. So you did, I, I think it was really interesting. Your, your process. So leading up to the pro tour, what hero did you settle on and why did you settle on it? So, so I, I play Viscerai, um, and Viscerai is my first hero in this game. So I wasn't going to take, like, miss up that opportunity to play my favorite character at my first big event. Um, and so I've been working on a, a belittle list for like last few months, um, being pretty set that I wanted to bring this type of deck. Um, I did this when I played Chain at the Calling New Jersey. I, um, I built up like a, a, a less popular variant of Chain and played it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm, I did the same with this because like I'll play the deck, but I won't play the deck, right? Right, right. I uh, I got to be a little bit counterculture or whatever. Put your um, spin on things. Yeah, so I played this belittle this, and um, it just like when I was working on the list, I realized that there's a lot of cards that just didn't make as much sense in this version of the deck because um, you're running more generic, so your your room chance energy is like lower, um, and it made Morgatide a really bad card. And so I decided to try cutting Mortal Tide 
And then along with that went the full blade assaults because they're not and the red spell blade assaults because they're not uh, revealable at all. Um, So that really like streamlined what I was trying to do with it. Um, And then I just went from there and then I was like tweaking the numbers of what I can do on uh, different resource hands because belittle um, changes like the total resources you have in a turn that math a lot. And so like I was I really tweaked the deck to try to maximize belittle as much as possible. So all the cards work really well. Um, and uh, I'm really happy with the, what the deck was. I didn't do very well with it. I went five, three in CC total. Um, got two losses to prison players, which sucks because that's like supposed to be your good matchup. But yeah. I found, found that locally, we don't really have a lot of prison players that like play aura spam. Mm. Um, I blame you, Tim, because you're a fucking dirty ass prison player and always I- plays tank prison. Without saying you're playing Tank Prism. That's, uh, I mean, I mean, okay, okay. Uh, and Aura Spam is really hard to deal with. And I um, I think I brought this up in, like, one of our testing, like, like uh, discussions. And I was like, I need you guys to play, like, the Prisms that I'm going to play against. <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> and, like, uh, Dylan's an aggro Prism player, which kind of, like, is about the, how the Aura Spam works. Because you just take damage to put out Auras and hope that your board stays enough to turn around. Um, yeah, yeah, it's just hard. I, mean, I wasn't tech for the matchup. It's, it's kind of weird because like, I, so I, I did like, like when you, when you, when you qualified for the pro tour at that tournament, I played super tanky prism because I was just trying to like fatigue the chains and that didn't really work out the way that I wanted it to, but it's fine. And then like in the, but in the last, like in the battle hardened, I just, I played like a really like, it wasn't tanky. It was just like mid rangey. Like it was very like. It was either like auras or like I had like like kind of a like a like a tempo plan. It was kind of weird and mid rangey, but like yeah, like a lot of the prison players locally are on like a like Dylan is on on like vestige tome like just beat downs. Um, I'm not a big fan of that kind of prism. I think it has a lot of inherent weaknesses. But yeah, like I don't know, like when we were testing prison or prison versus viscerai, it felt like it felt like aura spam wasn't like it almost felt like it wasn't good enough um into viscerai. And so maybe but maybe it's because of the cards you cut. I don't know. <laughs> um but I mean I'm also like I'm also interested in that, right? Like you said you cut like you cut um you, you cut sonatas, right? And you cut Mordred Tides. Um- Sonatas came back in. Okay. Um, I tried cutting Sonatas. I tried cutting Mordredite. Never cut Revel because that mm-hmm. card is very good. Uh, if you're on it's Rainbow Mob, it's uh, really easy to play a lot of times. Um, yeah, and I, so I cut Sonata, um, cut Mordred, cut Spellblade Assault, put Sonatas back in because I found myself in the aggro matchups. You need a little bit of high roll, um, and Sonata just enables that. Um, like if you if you miss a Sonata, you just you might lose the game. It's okay though. <laughs> Those matchups are tight enough that whatever. Yeah. But I cut it in a lot of matchups. So, uh, I mean, how do you, like, do you still feel like, at least in like the belittle viscerai, like the belittle uh, minimalism viscerai package, um, do you still feel that cutting mortar tides from the deck is like, do you think that was the right move? Yep. Yeah. Definitely. Um, I'm convicted in that. Um, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, yeah, it's definitely better in a traditional this. Um, but it's also not as good as people think it is. Like, there's crazy insano turns that involve, like, double revels, but, like, that's the only... Most cards just give you a plus one for more. Right. 
Um, so yeah, and we'll we'll make sure that like the the deck list gets into like the description of the podcast or the YouTube video wherever you're listening to this. Um, so I mean, just uh, I I won't dive too deep into the to to the deck list, but just for people that may see this and just want to put it together and and try it out. Um, you know, it is kind of nice that a lot, like maybe some of the more expensive cards are cut besides equipment, but, um, what would you say are it's, you know, given that it's not the traditional viscerai with like, yeah, like you said, Spellblade Assault, the Mordred Tide Turns and stuff like that. What would you say are it's, it's new weaknesses or strengths? Like what matchups change? What are you weak against? What are you strong against? Um, so yeah, you lose, you, you become more easily fatigable because, uh, the the red minimalism is an exhaustible threat, right? Mm-hmm. And so once you like withstand enough of the red minimalism turns, um, the deck gets a lot less powerful. Um, so you you're more vulnerable to fatigue. And I basically conceded that I cut some incantations and stuff because I was just like, if I play against an old, I'm like, Natan's really good, so maybe I'll just like out skill the other person right. um, because a Natan gives me a lot of really good practice. Um, but it's better in the aggro matchups. So I also um, I, I put tome, tome of Finals in later in the testing process, mm-hmm. and um, it works insanely good as like a pseudo direct um, in the aggro matchups because Creepers is busted, and I always judge like the quality of a Rune Blades game by how many counters they got on Creepers. Um, because it's so good and if you can use it multiple times somewhat efficiently like you're just ahead and so um tome allows you to get creepers value not on your turn Mm -hmm. um as a like a pseudo block seven um card like when you like you play it from arsenal gains your life yeah yeah Yeah. you play you play it from arsenal after blocking with an attack yeah um, and then you pitch, so you're, you're down two cards, but then you draw two cards from the Tome of Findel. So you gain the, the three block on the attack and the four life gained off the Tome. So it's like seven. Yeah, no, that's pretty spicy. Um, I'm a big fan of Tome in general, but like, I, I like that line a lot. And yeah, I think I, I agree. And I want to hear Carl's thoughts on this too. Uh, like just on the, on the deck and, you know, the meta at the pro tour and how this attacked that. But yeah, I love, love Tome of Findel, um, jam it in every deck. Uh, so what do you think, Carl? Uh, I was, I, I definitely, you know, the first time Archer was like, I think I'm going to put Tome in there. I thought he was talking about Tome of the Ark Knight. I'm like, you're stupid. And then I realized he was talking about Tome of Final. Tome of the Ark Knight then, won Pro Tour. Yeah. I mean, in, in, in Briar though, I, I, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I still think that was, he may have won the Pro Tour, but, uh, I still think that was, I would never like almost never play that card. I don't know. I think that card's not good, but that's fine. That's beside the point. It's my own personal conviction. Uh, Carl. So, so you saw, you saw, you know, the top eight, uh, and, and the meta breakdown and stuff like that at the pro tour. So what do you think of, of all of that? Um, you know, going, uh, with, with Archer going in with Viscerai and obviously Archer's very experienced on the deck. So we're not worried about him like picking up a brand new deck or something. He's very good at it. So what do you like, you know, what do you think what's what's your what's your take on the situation well yeah first i mean one of the things i love about archer and having on the team is he's a very different perspective on all of it so you know i love even how he he named the deck right it was killing sacred cows because we, we were taking out things like ordered tide and, mm-hmm. and experiment without sonatas and things like this so first that's just that's just awesome that we're doing that 
first of all, and then uh, look at the performance too, right? 20, 24th at a, at a pro tour in France with a deck that Archer put together. It's, that's pretty incredible. And, in, you know, in my opinion, so as far as um, the, the effectiveness of that kind of deck, it's, it's something that uh, actually we were talking about um, on Wednesday, at, you know, we were hanging out at the bar after an armory and, and we were talking about particular decks and, and we, we mentioned how uh, a deck can be like too honest right now, right? It's a little bit too low to the ground. It doesn't have a super high ceiling. It does consistent, you know, 12 to 15 damage turns. Not saying that uh, Archer's Viscerai does that, but but those types of decks right now in the meta that we're in aren't effective. We, we have to have things like the Matt Folks Briar that can, that can super high roll, right? That can draw... 10 cards in a turn and just go nuts. So, so that's, uh, that's, that's kind of my opinion on where the meta is going to continue to go. I think, especially now that, uh, that prism is going to be gone and she was a, a huge gatekeeper for decks like Bravo and Oldham that, that tend really well against the honest deck we're calling it. And, we're going to have to push and lean even more into, you know, the, the high variance, high world type of deck that can get mm-hmm. over the, consistent defense that uh that an oldham or a uh, bravo can put up so yeah that's, uh, that's kind of my opinion i guess on on the matter and you know what it's gonna look like without prism but but archer what do you think the the world's gonna look like without, without prism uh oldham's gonna be the most hated deck um nobody likes him. Prism, besides oldham so, players, nobody likes oldham anyway like yeah yeah um oldham's gonna get really good bravo's gonna get really good ice thunder's gonna get good because it beats those decks and also had a horrible prison matchup um weirdly has a bad aggro matchup which is like what counterintuitive but um our testing has shown that it beats guardians really really easily um and i think dash um, I've been practicing Dash since I got home. Um, yeah, it's really good. Um, you lose a little bit to the aggro decks, but not as much as you think. Mm-hmm. Um, and you uh, you stomp the Guardians, and uh, you beat Icelander pretty handily, too. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited about Dash, personally. I, I, oh, and Runeblades are relieved, by the way. Oh, yeah. There's this, all the Runeblades besides Chain, right? They're still here. Visrai, Briar, both are going to be very good. How do you guys feel about the dash? Because Carl, I I know that you are also like I know that you really like dash. I played dash in armory for the first time uh, this last week. Stomped guardian, lost to an azalea. Uh, so I'll be doing the sacred ritual of Harakiri, but um, it's it's fine. Um, they were a very good player. Uh, it's fine. Uh, so Carl, what do you think about dash in this next meta? Like, I, I think I, you know, like Archer just outlined a couple of, you know, you know, if you, you lose the aggro decks, um, but where would you put dash right now? Yeah. Dash in, in my opinion. Well, first of all, uh, I too have lost to an Azalea Tim. So, uh, <laughs> so I have some, I've lost to an Azalea player too. Oh man. Just, Azalea anonymous. Tim, was it Justin? No, it was, um, uh shoot i'm trying to remember it's like nadine i can't remember her name uh she was at fable though and um yeah i mean it's we were talking about this and i was like man i feel bad and you're like no no they could like they can high roll like the just like dominate like dominate red and the ledger after dominate red and ledger is like really hard for dash i also like cyborged wrong and kind of fucked up but like got punished you leave the d reacts at home i did well no so i I left him in the sideboard or i like i i wasn't sure how to sideboard because i was like well azalea sucks ass and so I'll just like do like this half med, like I'll put in my sinks so I can like arsenal those. But then like I tried to like go on these big boost turns and I like, then I would like boost a sink. I'm like, fuck, 
<laughs> so uh, it was just like it was a little bit of low roll with some bad play counted countered by some high roll. So it's it's fine. But no, they were a very good player and like they they played tight and they knew their deck. So it's fine. Yeah, um, I do think speaks to how it it really takes some understanding of what they're trying to do and what you're trying to do and how that how that lines up. Like I even learned to, you know Archer beat the crap out of me on on Dash and I was playing Bravo that night for some weird reason and and I hadn't played Dash the way he was right and so you know we learn a new way of of playing a deck that you've been playing for a while and I'm sure that next time you sit across from that Azalea player Tim you probably sideboard and play out your deck a little bit differently too. Oh yeah, no, I think but, if I if I played if I played that matchup ten more times, I think I would probably win all <laughs> all ten times because. I just think I think it would have gone so differently. I just I didn't I mean, but it's fine. Like, it's fine. That's it's a learning experience. Um, so, OK, so we're all high, like we're all kind of high on on Dash, which is great. I love Dash. Um, what other decks are w- with Prism gone? We talked about Icelander already that has a pretty good matchup into the field, um, save for maybe like some really like really aggressive um, uh, decks um, kind of kind of get under her a bit. Um, what about Kano? I know we've all had a little bit of dabbling in Kano. Uh, you guys have won some games on Kano. I've played some games on Kano. Uh, <laughs> what's uh? How? Where's our Where's our wizard friend now that the the very bad matchup of 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 Prism is is gone? Kano has to be like hands down my favorite hero in the entire game. I I, I think that makes uh, Oasis Respite my most hated card, <laughs> just because it's so good against what Kano is trying to do, right? Respite the wildfire with some AB, and they can't really have a, a kill turn anymore. Yeah, speaking in CC specifically, Blitz is a little bit of a, a different animal. But, but anyway, yeah. So no, I don't. I don't think Kano uh, will will have what it takes because of the prevalence of Oasis Respite and and the defensive decks that are going to be running it. Right, like Icelander likes to run it. Oldham likes to run it. Uh, you know, Dash is fine with it too if they're playing a defensive game. Yeah. So. Um, but not, not quite so much as like Oldham or Eisner because they're doing more things on your opponent's turn. But either way, uh, so no, I don't. I don't think Kano's going to be going to be huge. Yeah. Um, where were we? What, what what was our other question? Yeah, another just, one in there. We're talking about the the uh, classic constructed meta. Um, huh. Yeah, I think just on that on that Kano note, I think that now that you probably don't need scours, you could put in uh, what's called like Aetherize or something. Just Aetherize yeah. their amazing respite. Um, because now you you have to hold it back for when you do your aether wildfire yeah combos. and you want your aether wildfire in arsenal too so it's like kind of dicey and if you have a few arsenal slots then <laughs> yeah they should print a they should print a wizard wizard horizons be called like old horizons or something yeah, so and speaking horizons, of, I, don't know. I think lexi could get really good the the matchup into oldham is abysmal it's it's a little bit like oldham into prism right it's that bad of a matchup but lexi does really well uh into anything else in the in the meta right now with mm-hmm. with the amount of it can put out so you know that, that'd be interesting one to see um i think that dash is probably the best positioned uh next to oldham uh, mm-hmm. playing against playing against lexi so that that's uh, also another interesting you know take on the matchup uh, i i fatigued uh, lexi in you know recent armory uh right if you can if you can withstand the arrows and last through them they, they run out of gas pretty yeah. quick yeah oh wait that is that how you beat lexi as dash you just block everything right shit yeah I need, I need to practice that. The more you know, well, right? Is, I mean, outside of the D-Reacts, which you can't always play because you have yeah. to pay for them, mm. you're blocking 12 a turn, and they do a lot more than 12 a turn. So yeah. it's uh, can add up quick. Yeah. 
I mean, I, too, I think, uh, yeah, that's, I, I feel like if you can, and this is just, this is like for true for several decks in the meta right now, right? Like, like, I feel like with Lexi, if you, if you can survive her three of a kind turns, um, I feel like you can probably just win the game. Cause I, I feel like the, the, those are the turns where they, they like really, really go off. Um, and like the, it depends on the like the the how the Lexi player is playing as well. Like if they do some like clever pitch stacking and like set up some really big turns, that's one thing as well. Um, but yeah, I think I think I think Lexi, man, if they like if they printed just like a couple of good, um, you know, lightning or ice or lightning ice cards in in um, Dynasty, I think I think she could just be top tier right away. Um, but it, it depends. Like I, I remember lightning Lexi losing ball lightning was just like a killer to that like type of Lexi. So I don't know. Killed all um, what's that? Killed all the lightning decks, right? Briar <laughs> had a lightning version that was that was very good as well. In fact, I think it was Fox that played it, right? The Cheerios Briar was yeah, lightning. Yeah, he's he's won both. Uh, he won his nationals on lightning and his uh his pt on um on channel not heroic so yeah constructed uh you went uh you went five three, three right okay but you, and, and you mentioned a couple of prisms or whatever but just why don't you just like qu- kind of you know briefly walk through your your matchups uh, lost to a prism first round cc day one um then i think i got paired against another prism and i won that matchup um and then i played a phi that day and i think i played a briar that day um and so my deck was designed to to beat the other aggro decks i did pretty well i lost to the phi um there was like a a contentious judge call situation um where i was losing the game and uh my opponent made a misplay and between uh language barriers and multiple judges getting involved and me not wanting to be like no he did it this way yeah sure because i didn't want to be that person like to try to like um i don't know it became very uncomfortable Mm -hmm. um but i lost that game so i was losing it and then i like uh didn't want to let him take a misplay back um and then the judge ruled against me and so then I lost that game. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I need bad. something. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, then the next day, um, ooh, the draft happened. I was feeling good. Uh, played against a dash player. Um, play and, and won that one. Uh, really close game. Perfect erase face. Like he told me, he's like, ooh, you hit me on the turn that I was going to maximum velocity you. And now I have to block. <laughs> Um, and so it was like perfectly timed. Um, then I think I played against a, um, Michael Fang on prism and lost that game. I didn't find my pivot too early and then had to pop a, um, miraging metamorph and gave him two shimmers. And then I lost the game because you gave him two shimmers. Um, but I had to block because it was coming in for lethal and I only had a popper in hand. It was horrible. That's, (laughs) um, and, uh, it's coming in for like nine too, because there was a pierce. Um, yeah, so I did find pivot too early, lost that game. Um, you know, like when I, you start forget, uh, ignoring the auras and try to just kill them. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then can't remember what I played second to last. Um, damn, what did I play second to last round of CC? I won it. Um, and the last game I played against a SoCal Bravo player um, who's uh, really good friends with uh, 
uh, Alex from uh, Wayward. Do you guys play against him? The Bravo player, um, long hair. He plays up in Vancouver and some of the East Side stores. Um, I think so. Might have been he's, so. he's a really good friend of him and got him into the game. So like, I, there was like a cool connection there. Oh, but nice. won the Bravo matchup, finished my day, got 24th. Felt really good. Um, yeah. Right on. Yeah. So uh, you had, uh, and I guess the question I'm going to be driving at is, you know, how do you feel about how you played? But the losses you had, do you feel like it was, you know, play mistakes on your part? Or was it just you know, kind of the matchup lottery and it didn't work out well. Like tell me more about what that experience was like. Uh, the prison losses, like some, you just lose, you just lose the games. They get a board state um, and it gets out of control and you can't win. Um, Prism's really good at like blocking like a single source. And so like sometimes in a late game, Viscera is like mob shrill resetting, right? And like they're blocking the whole shrill um, and then coming in with their board state. And it's just like, they can slow it down so much at the end um, and you just lose those games, right? There's like, it's it's like, I don't know. Prism's really strong, was really strong. Um, and the the board state, you know, just overwhelms any any hero, like if they get it out fast enough. Um, so I don't so really like, feel too bad about those. And I lost to Michael Fang, and he's a reported good player. Um, what's that? So you know, TM that um, certified good player. There we yeah. go. Um, and uh, what was the end of the fine matchup that I lost? Yeah, I was a little salty about that, but I got over quick. Yeah, right on. Right on. And I mean, my, my certificate oh. was uh, I beat Tyler Horsepool in, in draft at nationals. I actually took a picture of the the. Um, Cracker Jack's thump that, that killed him, right? So <laughs> it's like, hey, can I get can you, can you sign this? He's like, oh, come on. Like, you just you just beat the crap out of me. I don't want to sign this. <laughs> did he, wait, did he, did he not sign it? No, no, he, he was a good sport. He was actually a, a very uh, uh, gracious opponent. It was, it was an excellent, uh, one of my favorite games to play was was with Tyler. Just high caliber players that that aren't afraid to call a judge on themselves when, when they've done something wrong. He actually had his tokens in his deck, right? So he called a judge on himself. Oh, and, yeah. You know, it was it was all very clean, and I actually gave him sleeves. I was like, "Man, you got to use different color sleeves for your tokens here." <laughs> Here's some, right? So, so he was he was good to go after that. But uh, but yeah, it was it was a great it was a great game with Tyler. He's a he's a good guy. Archer, uh, like a couple weeks before the the pro tour, was like, "If at the pro tour I play against Kale McCreeth and I beat him, do you want me to get a signed animals from him for you?" Or he said, like, if I see Kale McCreeth, I'm like, only if you beat him in Swiss and then ask him to sign it. <laughs> uh, but it. yeah, uh, uh, for, unfortunately, uh, uh, unfortunately, there was no, you know, beating of Kale McCreeth by Archer. I didn't even face him. So, um, yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I don't know. For, for me, I was just really stoked because I like I was watching the stream the whole time just in case Archer got on camera. Um, he didn't. So I'm disappointed in him. But no, just kidding. Um, but like, I'm just, I'm super stoked. Cause like, like, you know, Archer is obviously a very good player, but like, I remember when we were all getting into the game and we were all like super entrenched and then like Archer like came to play, he like didn't have anything. You just like, like a, basically a commoner viscerai deck or something. And, and, and then he just like, he just like got obsessed and like, and like played all the time. Um, and not only is he like naturally talented, but right. But, but like to, to see him go from that to, you know, 24th place at the pro tour is like absolutely insane. And it's because it's not, it's not cause he's lucky. He's talented. Yes. But he also, you know, he, he got the grind in, right? Like he, he got his reps in, he knew his plan and like, he, he's just very experienced and comfortable with what he was doing. Um, and you know, he's just, he's played enough other decks too, that he has a wide range of experiences in the meta. So he knows how to attack it. 
Um, and that doesn't come with like, you can't like, can't just do that, right? Like <laughs> you, you have to have a lot of experience and, and, and you have to grind it out and Archer did that. And that's what makes me the most excited about this results. Um, like I, I'm stoked for him either way because he went pro tour, but like, yeah, 24th place is just absolutely crazy. And yeah, now he's qualified for worlds, uh, right? You got a PTI from that Archer and, and a little bit, yeah. of, a little bit of do re mi. Yep. I regret yeah. calling it do re mi. Yeah. My doorbell just rang. I know I'm going to pointedly ignore it. Oh. It's probably like a Jehovah's Witness <laughs> person uh, or something. I don't know. Yeah. Um, would you ask me? I got distracted. My I'm sorry. Uh, you got a PTI, right? Yeah. I got a PTI. Yeah. So you're gonna you're gonna go play at Worlds in uh, November? Uh, yeah, that's the hope. Um, we'll see if I chicken out or something. Just play the calling, but yeah, the the plane tickets are booked. Yes, I will be going as well. Not to Worlds, but to the calling. I also plan. I got a really cute cheerleader outfit for you. Carl's going as well. Carl and I are gonna have matching cheerleader outfits, actually. Nice, nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we're gonna have pom poms uh, made out of uh, the, the teeth and hair of our yeah. enemies. <laughs> great someone from reinar would be right oh man i like i fucking love reinar i don't know like i just like i can't stop winning on reinar i have an insane record on reinar like i'm not even kidding like at at, at armories on flesh and blood online like i think i've lost like two times it's insane and then in testing it's you know closer but <laughs> anyway. you get to play against us <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah right. right i get to play against the 24th best player at pro tour lil yeah, and on Fab Online, you can just like roll scab skins, undo roll scab skins, and get a different <laughs> result. <laughs> and that was an accident, and we rectified it. And I even said oops to signify that it was an oops. <laughs> I should have just tried to sneak it in and see. <laughs> no, I okay. got my eyes glued to that log. Yeah, I know, right? All right, well, uh, I got to go and go back to my work. Uh, I'm stealing company time right now, but it was a pleasure to have you both. Any final uh, parting words before we wrap up in. 15 seconds or less. Carl, you go first. Yeah, seconds or less. I just echo what you said, Tim. Like, Archer worked for it, right? He yeah. was grinding hard. 100%. And it wasn't like it was easy. It was a lot of time he put in, and, and he was rewarded for for that work. So I think that's something kind of special about, about Fab compared to other games where sometimes yeah. it just doesn't work out that way. But anyway, yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for having us, Tim. I'm looking yeah. forward to the next one. Archer, any closing closing 15 seconds from you? <laughs> yeah, and you know, if uh, if I can do well, you chumps can do well too, right? That's what that means. Yep, that's right. Yeah, that's true, because we're just such, we're, we're such good players. If we only just lifted a finger... <laughs> We would. No, 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 I didn't mean to uh, to be mean about your uh, your work ethic. I'm just mean like like we play um, enough that yeah. all of our skill levels are going together. Um, we, we step each other's. You guys just gotta get lucky, right? Yeah, I uh, I'm excited. I'm actually like I feel this is the first time like because I, I I booked my plane tickets for the calling in November as well. We're gonna have kind of like a team galaxy brain trip, and I'm super fucking excited just for the trip and to like go. Yeah. I haven't actually been to a calling yet. I've only played in like Peaky's and Battle Hardens and skirmishes and stuff. So, but this is like the first, like I, I did a lot of GPs and stuff in Magic. And like, this is the first like big card tournament that I'm going to that I feel like I like could win, right? Like, because all the good players at Worlds, you know? So, <laughs> but no, I, I feel, I feel like I could actually win. And that's really cool. And so I'm really excited. Yeah. Yeah. Not that right I'm on. like, I'm not saying I'm going to win, but I'm just like, I have a shot. Like I have, I have as much of a Chill. chance as anybody else. <laughs> yeah. Shut the fuck up, Tim. Okay. Well, <laughs> thank you guys uh, for joining me. Uh, I love you both and all the viewers and stuff. I can't say that I love you, but I like you. So thanks for tuning in. And um, we really appreciate it. Uh, getting to know each other. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're getting to know each other. We're passing first base. 
uh, <laughs> we're we're gonna see we're gonna see how that goes. Um, anyway, the hands like you like you is it first <laughs> base is hands? I think first base is a kiss. I think second base <laughs> is uh, is is hands. I don't know. All right. I'll have to go on Urban Dictionary and do some do some research for science. Uh, all right. Well, that's a good point to wrap up. Just like any other points, I will see you all later. Thanks for tuning in. All right. Thanks, guys.